For those of you on dry land, it's if we sunk underwater. That's what we'd sound like. If we had. Or we were, if we were, we were in Zerber. space, though, and I think we're already dead. And I, I forget which episode we were in space. If I don't we, remember either. If we were the one and only trusty diver guy from Carmen San Diego, then we would or sound Scuba like Steve. that. Oh, I missed that show so much. Oh, that show was great. I the live it action so game show one. Uh, yes. Yeah, the live not the stupid cartoon. It was on PBS at 5 p.m., and I yeah, watched it, had, it every single day. What was great was it had Rockapella. It did have Rockapella. And doo-wop, too. And yes, doo-wop. and it was my first acoustic band. Uh, not acoustic. Uh, acapella uh, acapella band. band. What would you call that? The Carmen Sandiego band? The acap- what was it? No, their, their name was Rockapella. Oh was, oh, was it really? Yeah. They did, they did Zombie Jamboree, they which did was tons awesome. of stuff. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, I feel bad. Why? Yeah, she had cancer and she died. Who? The host. Really? Yeah. She's dead? Yeah. Holy crap. I know. No, I didn't know that. She was all on the, TV all these old PBS years ago. favorites of mine, like a lot Bill of them, Nye's still a around. lot of them had Bill Nye's still around. I know. And I he's know. on Dancing with the Stars. He was not, not on that's PBS a good thing. though. He was not on PBS. He I was heard a, he did a great job. No, Bill, he, the Bill Nye show was not a PBS show. It was a Saturday but it, morning. But uh, it was on PBS. Eventually. Are you sure? Yes. I think no, it was it CBS. No, no, no. No, that was Beekman's World was CBS. Oh, then he must have been another network though. I'm really sure that he wasn't. I'm pretty sure he was PBS. No, he was not PBS. We'll double to check be that. corrected in the comments, because this is the no, stuff that matters. I mean, we're about music or something, but, you know. Right. Hey, Bill Nye the PBS. Science Guy's theme was awesome. You get me started Bill on PBS Bill Nye the Science Guy. No, Carmen Sandiego. That's, that's music, I guess. The theme song from Carmen Sandiego was phenomenal. Yeah, it was. Something like that. Yeah. I'd have to work on that. No, yeah, that would take... All right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> oh, I got something to complain I was in a about. Thing what do you have to complain about? Always welcome. I always have things to complain about. This is always welcome. So I was in the store, and I was in the mall. I'm not gonna say which store. And I'm walking around and I'm enjoying myself, and I hear Daft Punk come on, the single from the new album. Get lucky. Yep. And the first thought that comes through my mind is. That's a poor follow-up to the previous song, whose name I don't even remember. <laughs> and then I started mentally kicking myself because I don't know how I can enjoy music the same way. I used to be what he's so trying to say uh, is that we've we've destroyed ourselves. Doing this internally. podcast has given us depth. Yes. To the it, point where we can't enjoy well, it. Well, no, it's single. like, I, honestly, I recently still, I can understand what you mean. Like, I went back and listened to some of Murder Five's older stuff. Not the first record, but stuff between the crap and, and the old stuff. And I don't like it as much because I'm hearing more of it. And yeah. it's not even that I can't enjoy it. I just, I have to comment on it in my mind. I always have to be weighing it. Yeah. Yes, poor follow-up, poor follow-up. Mm, really did not work with the following track. Mm, point off, point off. Yeah. Anyway, why don't we it's just... My nasally uh, thing there. Yeah, it was nothing. Professor, you know. 
that's made. Your everyday voice is the professor voice. <laughs> of course, a professor from the 20s, though, because modern professors kind of are normal people. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, so this week is your choice, Steve, so why don't you get us started on it? All right. I went with Goldfrap this week. Goldfrap, which is actually it's a musical electronic duo. Yeah, musical. Make a point to say that they're musical. And... Goldfrap is actually the last name of the female lead, which is Allison Goldfrap, and the other member is Will Gregory, and he's responsible for most of the, the the back work, the okay. the uh, composition, the actual you know moment by moment stuff. Back when they were a lot more electronic heavy, he worked a lot with synthesizers, and now he's doing full on string arrangements, which is quite the progression. So have they been around a while. Uh, nineteen ninety nine. Okay, so yeah, fair amount yeah. of time. And um, let's just say that this album is uh massive step from where they came as, <laughs> pop, case, as pop at least this is a case of him how i misguided you into thinking it was one thing and another you told me this was going to be electronica and i turned it on and went this is not electronica yeah <laughs> not at all well no i did to be fair though i did announce and say that it, it, it they have this weird way of of invoking standards like okay. old standards from like you know the fifties and sixties, and I guess that element was at least consistent yeah. here because you can hear the the, croon, no, the crooning sign. nature. Yeah, and um, yeah, might as well get right into it. The first track is Joe J O. Now let's off the top. Of, I'll just say that this is the kind of album I love reviewing. Just because oh, we didn't say the title of the album. It's uh, Tales of Us. Oh yes, Tales of Us. Titles are usually important. Yes. and in this case, they're extremely important. Yes, because uh, we are getting. Joe's story. That's track one. It actually is an individualized track by track. So just album. looking at the track listing when you pull up the album, all of them are ni- just about all of them. They're are all names. mononyms. Every single one. It's it's uh it's it presumably the tale of that person, whether yeah. they're fictional or otherwise. It's it's it really draws you into the storyline, which is why they are indeed tales. But uh, as I started to say, this is like I love reviewing this kind of album just because it's, I mean. To a more standard pop structure, this might seem a little bit slow, a little bit, a little bit more gentle in its approach, but it's an exercise in subtlety, and I think that's that's apparent in the first track, because it's first of all it takes you back to a time that's kind of bygone, in my opinion. This is very much standard. This is 1950s you're in, but at the same time, it has this futurist super imposition i don't even know how else to describe that it's 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 only editing i i have a word go for it and excluding the vocals this music is ambience i can't go that far i will go that far and i will keep beating this nail because it without the vocals truly without the vocals they are the music itself is not designed around a hook uh, it's designed around the exploration of the build. I think this is going to be a point of contention, because I'm going to disagree. I think the hook is the melody. The melody is really the hook, in, and it really should be. At least a good melody is. And I think almost every single one here is a good melody. But I'm going to differentiate. We've used hook so much differently in the past. We use it as, as a, a chord progression that grabs you, or as That's a true. feature that grabs you. To say the hook is the entire build? No, is... not the build. The melody itself. Like, let's say... Let's let's get into it here. We start out with this introduction. It's very majestic. It It's this sweeping, as I started to say, futurist it's, vibe. It's extremely engaging for being so slow. 
Yeah. It's it, the tempo is very much a relaxing tempo, but it's it's got intricacies that do keep you eyes open. Right. And and um well, first of all, it's not to say that like strings stepping in with tremolos is anything new particularly. But the the new quality that I do think they introduced, which is probably Will Gregory's work having worked all the way electronic stuff before is the cutoffs these little abrupt cutoffs the music will be you know the sweeping uh tremolo intro and then all of a sudden it just stops out of the blue which is abnormal when you consider that of course a string section wouldn't be able to do that but it does it here and he re-orchestrates uh, he at least he wrote the music to have this done to it provided of course and this is one other thing i didn't think we talked about that this is even an orchestra now, I do know, that I believe that a good portion of this really is, like, actual orchestral work. But just to put it out there, a lot of this stuff is conceivably possible now in the, in the synthesized setting. I mean, I was introduced to certain programs that are able to reproduce uh, full orchestra sounds so authentically that it's almost impossible to tell the difference. So it could be that this is all technically electronic because he's doing it with the keyboard. I'm leaving the option open only because I was not able to find out. But... You know, he's also credited as doing string arrangements, but it's synthesized. This right, but the composition of it is still there. String arrangements. I don't know what that means. You know, going back to the actual use of the strings, the halting cutoff style yeah. does an excellent job of creating tension within the music. It does, which is okay. Right, slow, just gonna, slow attack, fast release. Just gonna put it right out there. This song is sad. We're going to be repeating that quite a bit. It's there's, also pretty. This album is... Melancholy. I can't... Melancholy, it's also tragic in a way. I mean, at least in tone. There's there's an epic here that I think deserves a cinematic scope. Uh, whether or not you're into that kind of film, it, it would probably be, and I am going to call Matt's point here, it would probably be a Requiem of a Dream kind of film. This the is kind John... of the kind of heart wrencher that, no, that leaves you. Oh, that was yours. John yeah. brought that up. It yeah. would I was leave you. Use it at the end. Well, I, I, I think it's, we got to say it up front. Otherwise, we can't talk about both, the individual. Okay, both uh, the style of how Requiem was a very much a back and forth, back and forth between the multiple storylines, and the overall motif of sadness. Very similar to this album. This is the type of album that for some people it might be only worth hearing once because once you've heard it once, you've kind of taken everything from it and it was too horribly crippling, depressing to listen to again. Uh, see, but I disagree with that interpretation. I can't believe that you just take every single thing from it the first time because I listened to it three times and I picked up more in each time. It, there are varying degrees of sadness. Yes. So the way I figure it, you can't just say like it's a one-time thing. This is, this is, a, this is deep stuff. That's primarily portrayed through the husky vocals. And that's really the best way to describe her vocals. Inflection is amazing. Range is just, in my opinion, lacking. I will give her... I don't think it needed a range. that's that's, That's a problem for me. The fact that there really was no high notes and high emotions created by a higher range... But inflection was so important, especially in Joe, that it was it was the doubling of the vocals and it was the inflection of the vocals and the inflection competing in the doubling that was just enjoyable, that was just gripping at times. Well, going back to range, the reason why I don't think it's as necessary is exactly what we started to say before, but the, the, the theme of this album is, if, if you want to put it simplistically, yeah, sad. 
In which case, I don't think you really want a full range of emotions. I think you want to let it stew. In which case, I enjoy what she does within a relatively small framework. And even then, I think range might be fooling you a little bit. I think she actually has a lot more range than you think, just because of her husky manner of singing. We're going to go with husky. After all, this uh, band was formed a while ago, so I do believe she's a, she might be in her 40s. Um, so this is not young love, necessarily. This is, this is a full breadth of mature maturity and experience, which and, I think is why I take it a lot more seriously. And, and speaking to the, the love aspect... Uh, each of the songs portrays a different style of love and, uh, to some extent, tragic love. This did a great job of creating the idea of uh, searching for someone just so that you don't have to be alone. That's, that's how this is. This, this is the initial look to defeat your loneliness. And I love some of the line work. And I have to say that most of this album has very poetic... Maybe not high poetry everywhere, but a lot of it is very beautiful. And the lines of, it rips through the sky, oh, life figures on, is a great way that it, it's, it's portraying this feeling. And let's also talk about the way in which she sings this, because this is where Melody is going to come really, really close to me, and I think is going to be one of the reasons, uh, even alone, why I hold this album so closely. It's It has to do with, first of all, the way it was introduced. Aside from the majestic intro, we, we start to get into just a very steady rhythm here, punctuated between uh, the piano and the upright bass, which is common themes going on here, blended excellently. And then there's this soft fade out, and her vocals just enter right in. Gorgeous melody, so natural, just effortless, with that ever-present pang of sadness. It's present throughout the song, it's present throughout the album. And then in verse 2, it's even more filled out, even more gorgeous, and the strings step in there even more. So everything just seems to push itself along. It's, it's comping. Like, That's the big thing. Everything's comping her vocals. Yeah, it, and gorgeous. I mean, it's it's all about really the motion, I think, in this album, which it's interesting because considering some of the discrepancies we had, you didn't necessarily see there being much fluctuation, Matt, and I... I gotta disagree, at least in this first track. At least in this first track. Well, I didn't say in the first track that there was no variety. I said in the album, there's not enough variety and it felt repetitive and the themes were revisited too much. Well, since But in the first track, I couldn't tell that I didn't yet. even get to bring it up. That's why I, that's why I led you in I mean, in, the, in this track, my biggest problem with the intro track was that on a first listen, it was just kind of slow and unengaging. I didn't really get pulled in like you two did. Un- unengaging, I just blatantly have to disagree with. I mean, it's a type of sadness that maybe you just have to relate with, but at least at least compositionally speaking, it's um, it, this is superb work. I mean, I, like I said, I never said it was bad. It's beautiful. But also by the fourth beautiful track, I got tired of saying it was beautiful. It Yes, a lot of these songs are really gorgeous. Well, let's take that one step at a time as we get to those right. tracks. But first of all... I noticed one thing different she's doing with form here. Uh, something that may or may not go back to uh, old standards, but I think it's actually something really fresh and original. Because otherwise these would stay verse and chorus, you know, as they had always been, in a crooner style. But with her, she has this manner of... States of verse. Has a small transition or small interlude. States the second verse, pretty much the same thing, but as I said, more filled out. And then... Ever so subtly, it moves away from that, just 
quietly and moves to this different chord. She starts packing it on with the sevenths, the ninth chords, even throws an eleventh, the sus six. It starts getting so complex just within the second verse. We're not even at the chorus yet. And then we get to the pre-chorus before that, which is this run for run, you better run for your life. It starts getting haunting. And then it culminates in the line that John pointed out, oh, it rips through the sky, life figures on. It's that progression, which is what really makes the song so empowering to me, uh, that it, it, it had more of a hook than I would ever need. And, and what was great about that progression is after that high point, it was destroyed. I love the comeback to Earth where they really stripped down that building and layering they were doing and brought it back to the very simplistic style introduction again. Yeah. And that was, it was, it was shattering. And there's your tragic ending. It was that shattering moment in the music that was just beautiful. It was tragic. And even in the, toward the end, yeah, they had very many moments where, I think, I think that might be the spot you're talking about, where it, everything drops out and it, it's, she all of a sudden that that huskiness is brought really close to the microphone it's close it's sensual i mean these are the dynamics that i'm talking which is what make her a standout vocalist i mean i mean i have no complaints about her vocal work she's a gorgeous singer yeah. and she does a really great job i just i don't know i felt like maybe not so much in this track i'll get into it more later but i felt like in this album just some of the music seemed too similar to other music earlier in the record and i pointed it out later in the record as we got to it but but Unless there's anything else you guys are leaving out, I have some stuff to say about Annabelle, the <laughs> oh, second just, track. Just minor. I'll just point out that the outro had this very... Uh, this is actually, uh, I, I will say, is taken out of like 50s, 60s stuff. It's uh, this minor pentatonic downward spiral. <laughs> and it yeah. fades out that way, I which I think is a very classy way. He talked yeah. about pentatonic earlier he in did. another podcast. I remember this one. Yeah, pentatonic, well... Pentatonic is, is a lovely way of, of, of keeping it relatively elusive. Um, but this song does manage to play around with that as you get into the sus-sixes and everything. But um, I think it's one of the reasons why we start off so a little bit ambiguous. Sad, for sure, well, yeah. but a little bit ambiguous, at least as of this first well, track. Well, it works in the theme work because there's no one person this desire for love is being focused upon. Right. And... Right. Okay, Annabelle. So track two, Annabelle. I mean, from the very beginning, you get this beautiful guitar work. Great texture in the guitar. Oh, yeah. This is a straight-up classical guitar. I mean, yeah. in style, at least. Uh, gentle acoustic. <laughs> I mean, it's almost it's strange, actually, the pull away from the grand, the grandeur of the first track. Like, all of a sudden, this is... It seems... Well, I say this very lightly, but it's almost the kind of thing you'd expect to hear, like... In style, in like a coffee shop, in a very uh, smaller environment, this isn't a cruder style. This is not meant for this for the large stage. Yeah, this is something a little bit more down to earth, a little more intimate, uh, a little more introverted. Also, it also speaks to the theme work that's presented in the in the lyrics. This song really explores the idea of the perfect lover, the perfect individual, and how it's to be honest unattainable. Yeah, it's it's. It's got that, which I like the idea. I did have issues with the repetitive back and forth of the vocals. I will, low to high, low to high, low to high. It got wearing. And well, that, that just occurred just between the uh, 
uh, the verses and the choruses, which I think are, are forgivable in my opinion. I, I think if I had any problems with this track, just as a second, objectively speaking, because I still enjoyed it very much so, but objectively I do agree that there's, there's, the progression here is not as apparent as it was in the opening track. The opening track, I already walked you I mean, through, there the, wasn't... Progr the progress here is... It, it, it keeps raising the bar every single section. Here, there's a little bit more of a repetition going on. It well, the, is it is somewhat... The progression, essentially, is saw... Seen, rather. Saw? Seen. In that first um, time you hear the upright bass, or what we're surmising is an upright bass, because it wasn't even perfectly clear, but Steve's pretty sure it was. And it has this kind of bum-bum kind of no, accent. No, no, you're thinking of uh, track three. You're tra thinking of, uh, of Drew. Am I? I believe you are. No. Yeah. No, the bum-bum was in... Annabelle. They may actually they may have done that several times because I Maybe. noticed there was a punctuation here throughout this where, uh, relatively there speaking, there was a base of some kind that, that punctuated would, it, and it would be kind of strong, almost almost out of place for the yeah. sake of the uh, of the cruding nature. But I, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it. It's it's. But there was a big problem with it, and that was the outro. The outro was really beautiful. <laughs> and it thing. was amazing. Be, be clear here. The problem is the outro that's beautiful. The, no, the problem is that you go from a very slow build to a rapid ascension in the outro that really is, in my opinion, a lot better than the previous part of the song. No, I, I understand. Um, here's the thing. Had it been drawn, I would have liked it. I, it would have been that same raising to higher ground we got in the first track, we got yes. in Joe. Yes. But it was abrupt, and it was great for what it was, but it was not disconnected, just too much too fast. I feel like that part of the is, song... It is... I, I can't go so far as to say abrupt, but there is a little bit of a static nature through the core middle of this song that I think is a little bit tough to the, deal with. This is one of those songs that like you would say on other albums... I like moments, but the whole song I just don't love. That end part I liked so much better than a good chunk of the rest of the song. But I want to play devil's advocate here. Keeping with the theme and keeping with her style of singing, which I think really hits one of its most depressing moments here. Just the way her, her phrasing when she says the word Annabelle. It's like yeah. there's a little bit of a hiccup there. There's a little bit of a breath to go along with how sad this theme is. Um, I, I have to say, I think... I think the song deserves to stew a little bit toward the middle section. I think deserves to kind of stay there. And then, yeah, all right, then then do all your swells and your flourishing and all the fancy stuff that comes at the end. Which, truth be told, yes, is my favorite part of the song. It is, it's beautiful at the end. It's gorgeous. This, the, hands down to Will Gregory's composition skills. Um, I, I, objectively, I realize there's a gap, but artistically, I accept it. Artistically, and, and I see what case, was done here. But that, in that case, I cannot cons uh, reconcile that with the theme work of the song, lyrically. The idea... The, the, it's a progression of that perfect individual. Not describing it, but just describing what goes along with that kind of a person. And it should have progressed a little more, a little more linearly for myself. I think it would have done more for me. Well, if it hadn't been exponential at Either the end. that or the song had to be a little bit shorter, perhaps. Because yeah. I was going to point out that also the style here, uh, I almost want to pull away from the 50s, 60s crooner. I think there's al they're almost harking back to older themes here, such as operatic arias. I mean, it just became... the melodies are that powerful that 
You know, that, that's the whole signature thing about an aria, is that the melody is really what's going to grab you over everything else. But and arias are very short. In operas, you know, people think of opera, operas as being these huge, long things, but the arias themselves, the things that everybody waits for, what everybody feels to be the climaxes of, those, of, the, of those, that experience, is the two-and-a-half-minute aria. This being so long, it sounds like an extended aria, perhaps unneeded. So I take yeah. your point. It just, your point. It, I just felt like the middle section did drag a bit on this song. It just... It got repetitive, and it wasn't as engaging as the tail end of the song, which was way more engaging and beautiful. Still think it's beautiful. Now, as of, as of the second song, I don't mind still thinking that. We'll see where, where your point lies in Later. track three, four, yeah. etc. So next we have Drew. This kept with the classical guitar, I admit we still have that figuration. A little bit yeah. different, of course. It wasn't exactly the same as the previous song. Yeah. This one it was also have... a little bit more upbeat. See, we're in, we're in E major now. It also, it was, it, there was a, a much heavier showcase on the accenting, that same bass. It, it did a much better job to, to, to bring you in a little bit faster. You, you, you became part of the story a little bit quicker. I thought yeah. the climb, I see it. I think this, it had to do because of the upbeat. I like this song because it had a climb that seemed, I enjoyed the way the song climbed in that it was a little faster and it pulled you through it. Not so necessarily rushed, but... I just like the build of this song, and that it kind of took you through it a little faster. That chord work, also chord wise, also that you take. I mean, from from that major setting, you still have those moments that that harken back to the set as the yeah. theme. So it's still it's still tied in very very closely because you throw in like a flat five here and there. They'll fall on that, and it almost it's tense for a minute, and then it pulls right back to major. So there's a lot of tug and pull here, which still feels as if. It's it's a it's a positive theme. Now, did you pick up anything lyric-wise here? Well, I will say I felt the... Before I get into lyrics, I want to talk about something else. I'm going to talk about and, the outro in a minute, but... Yeah, well, the outro actually solidifies the theme. This had, had those deep, deep accents, and it had great layering, very beautiful layering, but that really wasn't enough for me. It, it was beautiful, but somewhat vapid in its beauty. And it was, the, the reason I felt that was because I was hearing this explanation of lost love, of this old love, of someone, of the one that got away, sort of a style. It, it was that, not that first time, not that open time, but that one that was really deep, that really touched you, but is gone now. Yeah. And that's where I think the outro does an excellent job of harkening back to that more the historical it does because the outro is kind of tragic which i do admit is a bit of a pull from the otherwise upbeat track that we had had but also this track might have been upbeat because if it's foreshadowing with that flat 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 five but you know well also the 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 looking like the lost love concept the reason it might be so positive is because looking back on a lost love that you remember fondly essentially that's no, why that, that could very well be it. But it's that outro that solidifies that loss. Yeah. Because the very, I said Spanish Western, the, the, probably, the, the thing that comes to mind, that leaps to mind is Carmen. It is, does is have that, that kind of a feel, it, yeah. Is, is, that, is that feeling. We're keeping this, with the Aria thing. Yeah, it was, and it did, a, it was fun. It was really a good outro. It was really a good outro. No, it was. It was For all yeah. of its strategy, it brought a smile to my face. Yeah, and, and smiles are hard to come by in this album. Uh, I mean, Ula. I'm not sure. You know, track here, four. The track four. 
I think we're thrown right back to tragic at this point, in my opinion. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with the predominant cello. Yeah, the cello work that almost to me sounded like a violin. I couldn't actually tell that it was uh, a cello at first. High range cello. Yeah. Cellos cello in many ways makes up for that that range and, and dynamic qualities and it kind of echoes her in some ways. Yeah. Um but it was a little bit ambiguous to me in this track. Now I admit the beginning was a little bit ambiguous until she started harmonizing with herself. Yeah. When she harmonized with herself, all of a sudden, that was the hook for yeah. me. That that really was Actually, the hook within the melody. And then it was right after that the cello joined. The first line with that harmonization, it starts with her singing solo instead of duet with herself. Yeah. It starts with the line, float on glass, a mirror hot, and the doubling comes in with, with the universe above. And when she doubles that, it's beautiful. Right, that's, I mean, the imagery that goes on right there between the lyrics. This is something we don't get too much of in the uh, in the album we review, especially lyric-wise, is, is the way the imagery really matches the music. Um, but. That's tasteful. But this song was just so familiar for me. Eh, Two big reasons. Cello-wise, no. No. I flat I'm not saying I the cello. Disagree. I'm not saying the cello, but the actual guitar work and the synth work in whole was very reminiscent of the previous three tracks. It was a little bit played I because of that, and it was also the theme work was basically an amalgamation of the three previous songs. It, this song was really about searching for your lost love. But so for it me, was searching. that's the end of Act 1. I didn't well, mind no, for that reason. It was... To see, see it but, as Act 1 might work, but I, I can't see it as Act 1. I don't know. For me, it's like, if that were okay. at the beginning, it would be more of an overture for the coming tracks, but because it's after them... It felt act like one, a repetition. Act one as a whole is, should not be an overture. I mean, track one was an overture in many ways. The track two, three, and four, I admit, has a similarity in their approach, in the soft acoustic intro, and the, but they all do subtly different things. And again, that's what I want to go back to. This is an exercise in subtlety and reservation, and I kind of appreciate that. I don't need to have flashy things in front of me every single track. And when I look at just three tracks in a row, which are unique in their own way, but maybe to a general sense uh, a little bit similar, just in the fact that they have similar instrumentation and a beautiful singer who still sings drastically different melodies, I can't... That's not enough... That's not a weight. I don't know. Me. I didn't feel and that we sounded... get a major pull after this as we go. I mean, well, yeah, but I as fe- we go into track five. Well, I felt that they these tracks weren't repetitive to each other. My repetitiveness complaints come later. That the latter half of the album feels very repetitive to the earlier half of the album. So we'll get into that as we go. I could almost see the first four tracks actually working as pseudo movements for one big piece. I can see their connection through and through. I mean, we've had other parts where we can say, like, in other albums, A, B, C, go together. They work together. But, with all that, I'm not... Since track one, I haven't really been drawn in the same way. Not as a whole. There's beautiful moments, but I'm not feeling a beautiful song. Or, strike that, I'm feeling a beautiful song, I'm not feeling throughout that... That that complete overture kind of a feeling, that completeness through it. With these tracks, I personally appreciate the reservation. Frankly, I think with the with the theme of sadness, I do not need, I don't need that kind of, uh, I don't need that kind of punch. I feel like punch. Well, that's the whole thing. Hook, these are things that I just don't need at the moment. I want to, I want to stew. That's, that's the problem with sadness. Yeah, punch is hard to do. Yeah, you, it, they're. 
It's not. They don't work. It's not a high emotion. We've went to an emotion. We've had several in, emotional. In, in most things. of these cases, it's a it's a it's coming from a beaten perspective. Oh yeah, this yeah. is definitely. This isn't anger. This isn't. Yeah. This isn't high yeah. love. This isn't. This passion. is from a defeated perspective. Yes, yeah, that's not just fear. It. It's very reflective. This to me, it rings paramount in terms of composition without being necessarily dynamic, and I love that. It's 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 almost an exercise in reservation. That's I. I gotta put it put it out there. At least as of the track. Granted, if the thing was like this uh, as a whole, then yeah, maybe I would be a little bit bored. But there are these moments that strike out. Keep it. Keep me engaged. So, with that said, I think I want to go into Al Alvar. Okay. So go into Alvar. Medieval. Medieval. Yeah. We all I, I, I stole for, that one. Yes, yeah, stole it medieval me. sense. It's not even classic or classical. It is. Not even not old timey, but it is no, it Arthurian. is Arthurian. It feels like it was played in medieval court. Yeah, absolutely. This and is, that's the whole thing. It's not you know on the is, streets. This is court music, if anything. Oh no, I would agree that it's. I think it would be on the streets. Actually, this is this is secular to me. This is very much um, the troubadour to his lover and such. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, in that vein, at least it's. It is acoustic guitar. It's got that similar similarity to the previous tracks, but it gradually adds tension. And it's that tension that we haven't really gotten in the previous tracks. And I think that's maybe more what what, what was lacking that you feel is lacking in the previous tracks. But it, it makes up for it here, in my opinion. The tension is accompanied by this this really tinny effect, sort of a a little bendy effect added on the guitar. It might even be like a, another instrument there, like a mandolin or something. But it has this and does that is paired with the deep pianos the yeah the the, the, the that's lower the punctuation. register piano that's work. what really pulled me into this song is these lo- i mean i love lower register piano work on any song but it, for this one especially it really just kind of tied it together for me it was the bend actually because there's yeah. a little bit of electronic a little bit of reverb effect on that bend that made it seem very otherworldly for that reason and also uh yet it also rang of post-rock a little bit so you get yeah. this post-rock thing thrown in with the medieval effect I'm seeing a new a new fusion at the moment. Something I don't see in music all the time. And what's great, foreign it's, ambience. It's it's a very light touch that creates this tension. It's a very simplistic to some extent. Yeah. In its complexity, it's very simplistic and light and very very well used. Now, much of this melody was also in a round. Also, it didn't it didn't fluctuate too much. Which is, it did here and there. It did a great work working in the the lyrical and vocal theme work, right. which was. Short term, yes, and summer. This was the summer love. This was, which is why their tension builds throughout the song. It comes to a culmination at the beginning of winter, and that was a major theme. This was a very short term, not very flaring but deep. And I love. It starts with the opening lines. I mean, these were just beautiful lines. I felt it come a blade of autumn alive. The amber shape of sunset dance on the wall. Oh god, these lyrics are gorgeous. They really—that's that's one of the best parts of this album. While the lyrics are at times nonsensical and simplistic, I'm using nonsensical in a very good way. It—it's supposed to be somewhat opaque. It's supposed to just be be ev- ambiguous. Yeah, ambiguous and evocative. Yeah, it's. I can't evocative. go. I can't evocative. go simplistic though because some of this stuff. I mean, no, some of the lines are very simplistic. They come later, and they're beautiful for it. Simplistic in what way, though? I think that's that's what... How do you mean simplistic? Because we've used it in language. Okay, in a simplistic in language. Pure, purely grammatical in 
subject, verb, object. But being so simplistic, being three words or four words, cut to the bone. I mean, I guess in terms of its brevity, maybe brevity is what you're looking for, because that's that's one way of seeing simplic sim simplisticness. But there's some lines here, which I, I mean, I don't want I don't want to cut too much ahead myself, but but say for instance, take a line from the next track from Thea. We get a line like. Tender torn sundown on isthmus. It's all for you, O oh hungry moon. The, this is kind of stuff that I, I, you have to be like doctorate level creative writing to like to come up with this stuff. I mean, yeah, we talked talk about it in Joe, the one of the the, the, the symbolic, the syllabolic work going on. That's not simplistic. But look at the look at one of the most pointed lines in the whole album in Joe that you and I both love. O oh, life figures on. That is just a pointed, simple statement. It is. It's simple, even though I don't see the average person coming up with that kind of uh, Simple phrase. does not mean unintelligent or naive or anything like that. I'm saying simple in that it does not waste syllables. And it's approachable There's no verbose nature to it. It is, yes, it is. It's it not is. Wordy. All, right. All right, I'm starting to see what you're talking about. Simple. It's, I guess, I mean, it's 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 tough because lyrics are one thing. I, I really have to struggle to find the lyrics that really are verbose, unless you're actually talking about, like, you know, rap or something, where there's going to go on and on and on and on, and then you could possibly get pretty verbose. But in a, in a melody, in any melody, you're kind of restricted. Uh, in which case, your, your risk is not running verbose. Your risk is losing meaning and losing... And losing the artistic emphasis of uh, your use of, of of syllables, your use of alliteration, your use of these things, you you might end up just forgetting about it as you try to cram it in your melody. These are the risks you run. I don't think verbose is is a huge risk, which is why I see this as kind of erroneous point. But I'll I'll take it because it is concise, and I'll leave Thank it. Thank you. I'll leave That's it better. at that. Concise is better than simplistic. Right. That's a more appropriate word. All right. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank right. you. I was um, trying to figure that one out. Anyway, back to Alvar. Yes. There was one big aspect I totally loved. The fade out. Oh. The fade out was gorgeous. As is the section B. This gets very, very soft, but then it grows again. It gets atmospheric, and then it starts to fade out again. It, it's, it, you know, again, it kind of re returns to the progression, The a nice within-song arc, uh, similar to the way Joe had. Um... Also, overlaying herself again, this time using her voice as a very strange effect. Did anyone catch that? That the sort doubling. of waning, it's a, a, it's doubling. A, it wasn't, it wasn't it was, a lyric necessarily at all. It was waxing all. and waning, doubling with herself. Yes, and, and that also even happens within the uh, the guitar bends, you know, the, the dissonances start yeah. to phase in and out, just just away from the, the tone, just, just yeah, the other the direction of the tone. Yeah, it was the opposite of harmony. Yeah. But specifically the effect that was used on her voice, it almost felt like a gust of wind, kind of. It's a very weird effect. But that's what was... That's what entered the fade-out right there. It was using that effect which made it so unique to and me. And I'm going to bring this point up now because it's an excellent... Excellent part for me to make this argument. How is this not ambient? With everything because, we're right, talking... No, okay. no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Let me make my point. With everything we're talking about how we're using... She's using the music to create this theme work. They're using the lyrics to create this theme work in every single song. And how so Hold much on. of the music is designed to get the message across instead of just being 
music. I will tell you, because as far as categorization of music is concerned, ambient has kind of a strict meaning, and if we start flexing that term to be as broad as you mean it, then it will have no meaning anymore. That is specifically the reason why. Ambient is kind of straightforward. It's a sound, almost a drone, which wanes a little bit, but it really is steady. Really steady. As far as this is concerned, the strings, yes, there might be moments where the strings may be a little bit more steady than other times, but there's too much comping going on that it fluctuates. It fluctuates beyond, I think, the credit that you're giving it. I still disagree. You may. I still disagree. But I'm telling you, as far as categorization goes, ambient, I just can't be that flexible Matt, with the term. Matt, are it's you been on, very are you quiet. On, you have to ring on. Are on you going to be on any of the other sides yet? No, I think you're both wrong. The, the 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 thing about this album for me is that I don't know if it's because it's so overwhelmingly sad. I mean, clearly, obviously, I'm an emotion guy and I get really attached to emotion. But I don't know most of these songs. I didn't pick up on all the lyrics. I I've I felt very Steve, if you will. The lyrics didn't really get to me. I didn't really get hear them through the music. The music was beautiful, but by the fifth beautiful track, I'm tired of saying the same descriptor. Know, well, the, and I'm running I'm, out of other things to say. I'm glad that at least we're arguing and disagreeing for once. I just want to put that out there before we really get into this. But, but, I, it's funny that you take this turn because I feel like just with some of the lyrics that John's read here, it shocks me that you could say that about the lyrics. I mean... This no, is some of the greatest real... poetry here. Yes, true. Very difficult to discern because of the way she uses her inflection at times. Some of the best lines are just hard to hear. Because he also read the lyrics, which I haven't done. I heard it on my second listen through. No, I agree with that. Agree. Some of the lyrics are hard to hear because, after all, there's a lot of there's a lot of reverb on her voice. And yeah. that is true. It's, it's not even no reverb. Her inflection just draws out some syllables. That it's just hard to understand what she's saying. At this point I'm in the okay record, I'm okay with it though, because again, uh, where you're, if you're not looking at lyrics, then you can only focus on melody, and I have no problem with that in this particular case. Th there's nothing wrong with the melodies per se, but nothing. I feel I don't feel her emotion. I understand it. They're becoming a very abstract review, in case you haven't noticed. That. I I, un I, underst I understand her emotion. I know what she's saying. To a point, and I'm getting it, but I'm not personally feeling it. You're not immersing yourself in it. Correct. And this is where I'm going to throw another term here, which I have not thrown in. There's a huge impressionist uh, theme going on here. I mean, that... as, as a theme or as as a descriptor, perhaps, even as a genre right. that we haven't previously yeah, no, no, there described you go. it to. That's perfect. That's probably even better than That's better than ambient. Impressionistic. We're meeting in the middle ground here. All right. That is a great way to describe it. Okay. All right. No, I will buy. That's perfect. That okay, is perfect. That's our that genre. That's perfect. All right. Just a little uh, backstory impressionism here. I mean, this is the kind of thing that was started out. You might know, like, Debussy's Claire de Lune, which is probably the most popular example of classical impressionism out there. Uh, unfortunately, people know it through the Twilight soundtrack, but neither here nor there. Impressionism is a word that was attributed to Debussy's work. He actually didn't like it himself because, of course, every artist wants to say that, you know, well, I can't be put in the box. Yeah, of But it attributed him for good reason, for the same exact reason of some of the painters that were around at the time, is it would just give you this impression of a particular emotion, an idea. Whereas, yes, you're not really supposed to kind of be completely immersed. Like, 
let's go back to Blue October here. Like, the way in which you were really drawn into the song Bleed Out, right? Yes. You were drawn in because of the lyrics, the way he sang it, and almost, like, that stuff, it, it was on the nose. Yeah. For me, too on the nose. For me, too on the nose and too pop for me to really, for me to really get into it. But that's the difference between your emotion, your emotionality and my emotionality is this is the stuff that really does grip me. I like the, the the ambiguity that goes with impressionism. That it does vary from person to person, and it kind of leaves you with just, this is what's going on in the music, regardless of what's going on in your mind. In other words, you can't attribute. You can't attribute anything. At, at the end of the day, you just kind of go, huh, didn't see that before. That's what it does. That's probably the most... That's such a shallow way to... No, it's the most blue-collar way to really do it, but... It is... All right. It's like, that's the culmination. That's the blue-collar culmination of it. (laughs) Okay. That's kind... That's mighty pretty, I tell you. (laughs) No, that's... (laughs) Let's move forward to Thea. I get what you're saying. I get Now, now here's here's the the album I'm falling in love with. So, yeah. So, Thea is the first song where I really kind of got pulled in. And I don't know if it's because it's cliche or too on the nose or whatever it is, but the song was very engaging from the get-go. Because it had a good beat. It honestly did, and you pointed out the marching beat before I did. Forget you, I love the fact that, comparatively, this was speeding down the highway. Yeah. Comparatively. comparatively, sure. Don't get me wrong. This is one of my favorite tracks. It's just, it's it's a, it, it... it, it, my reason for you pointing this out isn't because of this track. You have a good reason to point it out in this track. It's just because it, the idea that this should be the one thing that separates it on this album. But the reason why that faster tempo was important was because the it starts with a very simple beat and undergoes an, an immense transformation, retransformation, re-retransformation of such a simple, steady... We called... This was a 4-4 measure. This was... Oh, yeah. Basic... Style. Yeah, there's nothing music. fancy rhythmically going on here. It just it's footsteps. It starts out as these soft footsteps, which sounds like almost like a little shaker going on. It's along amazing with it. what goes up. What and then right. and then we gradually get a little bit louder for the first verse. Uh, maybe even the first chorus, we stay at that volume. And then verse two, we get the full on bass combined with footsteps. Just this very steady boom boom boom. It's like it's like a heartbeat almost. If a heartbeat didn't actually go boom boom, <laughs> but it's it it is engaging, it is gripping. Just the fact, yes, comparatively that we have a strong bass. Um, it even even timbre wise, it's a very clever, a uh, very tasteful follow up to the previous usage of upright bass. Well, and also I think it, like it's just not different enough. If it was too different, if it was like full on trance beat, then I'd be like, good God, this does not belong. Right. But it's not different enough. Again, subtlety and reservation at work, just the right And this variant. is the first time on the whole record where they really sound electronic in their roots yeah, on this even song. Yeah, the 80s almost. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it did have definitely that, we said it had that kind of pop 80s electronic sound. Yeah. Well, it did a good job of doing what it wanted to do and what it wanted to do, in my opinion. Because this one was, uh,. This one I, I took two ways. First, I thought there was a more of a I'm separated from the one I desired, but this one was really culminated to me in a, in a kind of a love-hate relationship, in a damaging love, in 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 bad love, to some extent. And it's perhaps it, why it, it sounded the most uh, dissident. Um, I was gonna even go further with like, it had anger in it. Yep, it had anger. In it the was words. aggressive. I, it was very aggressive. Go. That was good. 
Either yeah. that or this uh, aggressive in the ma- maybe this is the moment. Like we've had a lot of stewing going on. Yeah. We know that this album is. This a lot is about an, This is a lash out. This is either a lash out or this is the moment where you're stewing out, stewing back and forth, pacing back and forth like Do Jack Nicholson yeah. in the hallway of the of the Shining building. Yeah. <laughs> like. Well, this is when you're getting ready to snap, but you don't. You don't because this is, there's something about this track. It's like it's always trying to climax and doesn't quite do it. That's because of the candor in its lyrics and the candor in its vocals. Yes. Wanted you so bad. I feel like I'm caught without air. Wanted you gone. Wanted you there. Candor. Simple. Well, here's the thing. This album, it's too introverted to climax. It's too introverted to to really lash out in any way. Um. So that simplicity, it, it's just, you're going to get that. You're not going to, it's not going to bring to the full on, you almost feel, just because of the beat, you almost feel like you're, you're expecting some kind of super full on trance chorus kind of thing. Maybe, You're yeah. not going to get that. We also said too that the chorus of this song, and even especially the pre-chorus, felt very much pop electronic. It had that kind of... There's energy. There's yeah. a lot There's of energy, energy that There's was very missing much energy. in the other songs, because the other songs were sad. This is it's anger, a, depression. This is aggressive. It's more aggressive than the aggressive other tracks. De- aggressive sadness. Aggressive, the same kind of reserved, passionate, that's almost exotic. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're throwing a lot, a lot of words here, but this is... We're using a lot, of, a lot of words here. Yeah, when a lot of them don't always coincide, but this is a really tough album to to describe because like i said i think that's why impressionism is probably going to be one of the best words we can sum it up as yeah it's well, no, going it's very, to be very it's a very easy album to describe it's a very hard album to describe yeah well length. in layman's yeah. term, in layman's terms sad yes yeah. yeah i mean we could have had a sad. five second review and just said this is a sad album with lots of stuff but that now, this is definitely a thing scratch the surface no of course it's not. paper chase we could say paper chase was angry uh, doesn't describe anything of the album Yet, it's a very descriptive word for the album. Yes, we're, we're running into the same issue. Okay, right. so... The thing is, it's, it, packs, it packs a punch while at the same time packing a non-punch. Yeah. I, like, you almost feel like you wanted more. Each time that bass, that those footsteps get louder, I want to, like, explode. Even though it does almost explode, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't quite. quite doesn't quite but again it's almost fascinating to witness it is but i could easily see another review another reviewer could write this and say like you're waiting for the moment that never happens yeah i could you know reviewers reviewers critics love to use that language and i could see it i i just you know and that's why the next track was kind of mind-boggling to me as opposed to like where it went (laughs) so simone is track seven and for one this was way too similar to me to annabelle in tone, in presentation, it I'm not felt... done. But also, it was just such a strange follow-up to Thea, because Thea just went in this one direction, and then going back into Simone, it felt almost like six never ha- track six never happened again. Reservation no, S- and Simone, and also also Simone was was yeah it was Annabelle it really was but it was so much deeper so much darker. Yes, this takes it in a more mature direction. I mean, even just in the way she says certain phrases, like, when we're alone, this is a perfect example of that chord lyric marriage that perhaps is a little bit lacking in Annabelle, to the point where I saw a disconnect yeah. there. Like, yes, it was in her inflection, the way she said Annabelle, right. is very but, like, you know, you get into the lyrics, and those the, that's the kind of situation where the lyrics 
you can't hear him. You right. almost have tr- trouble because it's your focus and inflection. Here, there's punctuation. Yeah. That's, I think, the that yeah. subtle difference that makes it more engaging of a track to me. I guess. And I can see that, and I suppose that, I don't know. I guess for me, it's just the whole beginning half of Simone just kind of felt too similar to a different song. Like I kept going, I've heard this before. I heard this somewhere before. You yeah. know, but then the punctuations a- come in that kind of set it apart. You know, it, and I do see that. I definitely agree with that. It was not divergent enough from Annabelle for me to really say, why didn't I just get this in Annabelle? Why didn't I get? I did like, like the composition work better in this than it, than I did in Annabelle. This I was, feel like with the song, this had a much more fluid, layered, circular yeah. uh, matter of composition, which I've, which I was engaged in. And with all that, it did an excellent job of actually getting across this song's theme, which was the other man. This is wrong love to some extent. This is the gritty mistress type of scenario mm. where you know you should be apart, but you can't. You, but you're hurting others with this love. And with this song, though, at this point, though, I was like, it's so similar to Annabelle that I was like, but it, this is better than Annabelle? I feel like Annabelle was not necessary once we had this track because I I right, I add a poll here. It's not that similar. If anything, maybe it's more similar to the next couple of tracks than okay. it is to Annabelle. Uh, but again, you're you're lumping two to four too similarly to me. I mean, maybe maybe you just needed to listen to no, it more I'm not. Times. I'm only comparing this to Annabelle. I, but I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I, can you point out specific phrasings that are similar? We don't have your training to actually say <laughs> Do that. that. It's just, to me, I just felt like I'd heard it before. In general, same tone. Same, uh, but, to me, that just okay, says it belongs Steve, on the same album. Steve, uh, we'll, you got to concede this. We both felt the exact same way about it. There is that. And we both came to the conclusion separately. It's not like one of us is just talking and making stuff up. We both feel that. All right. I, then I'm I'll, sure, I'll pull you. I'll disagree. And we'll no, leave it at that. I'm sure there are differences. We just can't appreciate but it just, for us, it's very much a rehash to some extent. Ah, uh, rehash but is such a strong It term. feels distinct, but very same. And I'll tell you this. A- in thing. terms of similarity to other stuff that's not gold trap, uh, there's some influences here, which I very much so see. So not every single track here is like something cutting edge. And has cutting edge moments, though. Uh, Kate Bush, for one, was one of her influences. Uh, very more moderately popular female uh pop singer, which did, yes, pop music, but in a little bit more of a serious, um, introverted manner, one could say. And she did that throughout the 70s and 80s. So, yes, it harkens back to things. Even if you don't hear it within the same, within the same album she's referencing herself, she may be referencing other artists. There are similarities in phrasing. So not every single song is going to bombard you with, uh, holy crap, this is new. Right. So, yes. But at the same time, she does it in a new, original way. I can't, I can't beat up on it. It's still better than the vast majority of pop that I hear. Mm-hmm. And I do stress that. This is almost dream pop. Like, there is still a pop element here, regardless of this composition. You still find the verse and chorus. It's just, but the, way she, the way she plays around with it, to me, is brilliant. Again, I'm ne- I never said, though, that it was poor quality or not right, well just made. just there's a similarity in the album. Yes. All right, fine. That's all, right. all I'm saying. Well, let's see how the end... The, so track eight, Stranger, this. this song is one of those songs that we all agreed was kind of very easy to predict. It had a very kind of Western vibe, even more so than, um, what was the other one? 
that you said Drew. was uh, Drew. This really, with the whistling and this kind of howling, wandering feel, it kind of felt. I'll admit more this. Western. I'll admit this. This is a track where I felt did not have the same marriage of, of uh, lyrics and and uh, chord progression or or general tone of the melody being stated. And this comes with the the theme that John is about to tell you. <laughs> I will ask one question first. I'm, I'm, I love the themes on this album. Let me themes just are beautiful. Aside. The themes are great conceptually. I love the ideas that they're trying to get across and for the most part, in my opinion, succeeding. But here's my question. What did you think the whistle was? That's Describe my it emotionally. Problem though. I no, didn't no, no, have no, no, one. No, no, no. I'm just asking you what you felt the emotional context of whistle was. It all right. Emotion doesn't even come first because it's hard to hear that whistle without hearing that same western thing that you pointed out earlier. So describe the whistle to me, either of you. What it meant, what it represented? I don't know, yeah. I barely remember it. Okay, yeah, what, Steve, what did it represent? Is this without the theme that you yeah. were yet to... to yeah. To, because without that, I... I... <sighs> An emotion, a specific emotion. No, just anything, this. describe it to me. Because this is very important, and before... Steve doesn't seem to... He can get it right off the bat... Not that I'm trying to look for anything, but I'm I'm just oh, wondering he's, because he's looking for I something. saw he's definitely looking. For I saw a couple things associated with that, and while yeah, the song was very predictable, that whistle spoke to me. It created. I felt passe to start with, but as it went along, it felt hollow, purposely hollow, Bruh. purposely dissident to the rest of it, purposely almost not dangerous just fearful and the reason for that is this song while predictable had an element of a, a, a love of death a love of that taste of danger that you get when when just going out there and throwing yourself on onto someone that 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 kind of i want to be hurt just to feel kind of a of a of a of a context that they're working in here i'm waiting you for you to get to death i said death already <laughs> there was that 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 desire for the danger of the unknown the desire for the taste of death all right but we always... I, I, I mean i agree based on the lyrics that i saw uh and i do agree that the melody yes yes mal matt i'll kowtow to you <laughs> matt the Melodies in this were predictable. These were definitely not standoutish in any way because at least, you know, we're coming from different perspectives here. Uh, before I reference Kate Bush, which is more of an abstract reference, but this is a blatant reference to a lot of uh, cinema sounds, cinema tracks from the yeah. 50s and 60s. But all... I mean, not just westerns, but a lot of love stories tended to use this. So, yes, it's not fresh in that way. It's hard for me to feel something. But really... even towards the end of the track, we all agreed that we were humming along, not even knowing where the track was going in the first listen. Because, because it was, was so it, predictable. This didn't, this didn't necessarily progress in the same way. Yeah. This, this did repeat the same yeah. chorus, and it didn't really recompose it in any, in any uh, manner to speak of. Um, I, still, I mean, it's still an enjoyable track, but yes, this is one of the weaker ones for its predictability. Uh, well, that's like when I talk about stuff that I you like. You know whistle. You know what else it reminded me of? Kill Bill. Oh yeah, yeah. 
But that's oh, where that the cinematicness there. came from. Yeah, that's the cinema quality. Uh, frankly, it's hard for me to even separate the cinema qualities with this track. No, no, it has a very cin- yeah. cinematic quality. I was I'll hoping agree. you were going to say about the cinema. No, that's yeah, what I was I... trying to get out of you. You just oh. you didn't want to commit. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, and Kill Bill is an excellent reference, but then again, remember who who does the whistling? Um, kind of a dangerous person. Not offhand. The, the woman, the lead character, the lead character does Uma Thurman. Oh, and that's she right. Kills yeah, I remember everybody. The, uh, Quentin, typical Quentin Tarantino shot. They pull away from from a scene that's not focused on her, straight to her, where she appears to be whistling the track you've been hearing she, for the previous minute. As yeah. as, as she cuts people's heads off. Tarantino thing. It's it really does it. Yes, it's a little uh, passe. Kind of is appropriate in this case. It's in your face, but yeah. it does it. Well, I love, I mean, I love Kill Bill, but yes, even Tarantino is can have his passe moments. Oh, Light yes, he can. Him. Even passe for Quentin Tarantino. Anyway, so, moving on to the next track, Laurel. So this one, I mean, this one I think is where you really get to see, really, really get to see the dynamics of her voice and the way she can sing. Not just the voice, but I think the full-on composition and everything else. This one was... Well, just to start off the beginning, this is a lot softer. This is a yeah. solo piano, just punctuating solo piano, steady against. Uh, it, I mean, considering you you do get that earlier here, yeah. But this time it seems to be a lot more focus on it. The piano never flourishes; it never does anything fancy. It's always just used almost. It is the rhythm. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you get to throw in chords with that rhythm is what yeah. makes the piano such an awesome instrument. And the melodies, yes, the most dynamic they'd been, layering incredible. Uh, kind of going back to that 70s crinerism now, mm-hmm. like Bush-oriented stuff. Um, and then, toward the end, I think is, is, well, from middle to end straight, we start layering one instrument after the other. The vibraphone starts to join in, too. It's that late... With, with the punctuation. That late deep yep. that we got in previous work. And then it's on top of that... depth. On top of that, an electric keyboard. Very, uh, very almost jazzy a little bit. Just as a smidgen. I guess. Not, I not, not in really style, care. but not in style, but in tone. Oh, all right. I guess I can see. And then that. on top of that, this guitar strumming, which all oh, the three of those working together was a work of layering composition masterpiece. Uh, it's a it's a very high moment for this end of the album for me. I mean, there's no denying the skill of this this band for sure. That's not even question a, a question. Not a band. It's composition and, and and vocals. I mean, this the, is the the duo. Then a band, strong world. But yeah. the, their talent can't be denied, regardless of liking, disliking, or repetitive, not repetitive. There's a talent here that cannot be denied, and this song really shows it. Yeah. And I also want to go into um. Ah, I'll wait. That's a, I think that's the next track. So might as well we might as well close this off. Yeah, we can wrap wait up. Wait a minute. What? Oh yeah, yo. Expl- sorry, John I hasn't to, gone through his theme. I have to explain how the music parallels the theme. Um, that's how he does. Yes. Thank you for making it obvious and trite now. <laughs> Good job. That's what Steve does. <laughs> no, yeah. I that's his job on the podcast. I, make, I forgot about I that. Belittling us for the things we do. Ah, uh, yes. You know, that, you discovered that, huh? Yeah. Oh, shoot. That late. Depth with the like trilly piano, to some extent, the trilly jazzy piano. That was the the electric the keyboard, yeah. Yeah. Only time I noticed electric keyboard in this album. This song spoke of the fear of never being able to replace love. And quite blatantly, there's some lyrical work of prostitution 
reaching in the wallet trying to use money to replace it. It isn't, you know, it isn't brash or coarse or anything like that. It's actually very well done. But I really love the line, fear is a fog rolling in and around. It really personifies that fear of never being able to find something again, to find that person again, or as, a person again. Or as Christopher Titus has said many a time, look back. Maybe that's the best you're ever going to do. You yeah. know, and it's that it's idea those, that oh god, it's one of the it's that idea that you can't do better than what you have. It's not you can't be loved. You can't be loved again. Yeah, it's and not it, finding again what you want. Yeah, did, and it did a great job of building the depth with that. I want to say even shallow uh, keyboard, the kind of like shallow. I can't shallow, go that but far. like. Not deep. It's not a deep... It's, it's not a fully expanded keyboard. But it, it is... Now, this is not expanded light. in the way that it's... Like, no instrument here is, is taking the forefront. They're working together. And in that They're way, I think, that, I think that's, that's purposeless to really uh, hone in on an instrument and scrutinize it in that regard when it's, well, I'm saying when it's, it's meant to be used with the other, others. In this context. Such, it's like a, a slight light high... Being interspersed in that depth. Yeah, but that was the whole album. Is the slight light highs within the depth of the record. Like, I mean... Well, yeah, that's a great way to sum it up. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. And the last track track really shows that. As far as wrapping up the sentiments of the record. And it's the first track where you actually get this kind of glimpse of hope. But not without its own depressing meter. Yeah, this one is actually probably... It's... It's... Fighting with Thea for the the uptaking, energizing kind of feeling. Oh, I the thought Thea tempo. was way more energizing, but but no, this, this one... was hopeful. This was really nice. This did have a, a, a pang of hope at the very end of the album. After I mean, too bad it's about somebody that's already dead. <laughs> yeah, just, just gotta yeah. throw that out there. This one is about the sort of I'll love you in the next life. But honestly, as far as conclusions go, if you're gonna write a song about something very final, death is pretty final. I mean, okay. Unless it's the zombie apocalypse. I love this requires lyrics. I love the chorus. Our shadows reframed memories. We want only to live, only to love and breathe again. I stole that. I was gonna write that down because it was my favorite line of the goddamn album. (laughs) That honestly, my favorite lines are in the first track and last track. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, even just your deep seeing eyes, ancient stars, the way in which that's phrased with her melody again, we're back to marriage here. These, you can't, wow, I want to say you can't write this stuff, but apparently you can. Apparently. It was an excellent outro. Don't be so angry because someone else wrote it and you didn't. Don't Uh, be jealous. Well, hey, you know, a little bit of jealousy there, but hey, you know. I think my biggest thing about this record, and it shows here on 10, is that the skeleton of the record were the strongest moments for me. The, the, the... The beginning, the middle, and the end were my the strongest tracks to me. All right, sort of like a one five ten. Yeah, actually, well, yeah, no, Thea was six, but yeah, essentially. That, okay, well, they're just saying that the the album itself ebbs and flows. Yeah, and I mean that's not a terrible thing, actually. We've we've, I mean, definitely braided for less. Yeah. This is uh. This ebbs and flows more so than I think a good deal of our arc stuff, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, you're looking the strongest gap you're really looking at is that is that three song general, and I say that loosely, general sameness. Yes, front to back, I'll say that straight up. There is a 
a, a, a solid theme. I can't, like, I can't say any less than theme. I can't say, I can't say boring. I can't say any other things that I know would probably follow up an album like this. But it, it's, it definitely fluctuates. In ter- and in the subtle ways that it does, I appreciate that. In the end, kind of more, just in its right. earnesty. So, who's going to start? You might as well, since you're already gone. Well, as I said, appreciate it for the earnesty. And... Ah, I understand that there's other stuff out there that, that is similar to this. But I'm going to call it out in these. I don't think it has as good vocal work as Allison Goldfrapp. I don't think they have anywhere near as good mem- uh, melodies, even if they are more memorable melodies. I'm going to say that. These are melodies that only pit pieces of, like the the pre-chorus, for instance, is, is stuck in my head right now. The, um, the run, you better run for your life, that's stuck in my head. I can't get that out. So that's memorable. Pieces of these melodies are memorable, not the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing, they're too difficult. They're too complicated to really memorize, unless you sit down with this album for a while and ingrain it, which I, I frankly plan to. This is a going-at-back album for me. I, I'm curious to see what else it can give me, and I'm, I want to really milk the, the intricate parts of composition that I love. Its holes are, yes, in front-to-back listenability. I'm going to agree with you there, Matt. In, in 1 to 10, yes, this is, this is a little bit tough. It's a little bit tough to get through, but I don't think any more so than a previous example of ours, uh, Boards of Canada. Boards of Canada, you were the first one to say that Tomorrow's Harvest, we, episode 54, we reviewed this ambient album. This was straight up ambient, with, with techno influence. Actually, yeah. a lot of techno. It wasn't as straight up ambient. But it was very it dark, and I think it also had very much the sameness uh, as, as this did. In But it had a theme. Right. That was the reason. The reason was that that album had a very post-apocalyptic thing going on. It was very desolate. It was very... It, it also focused on the whole futurist thing, but at the same time it was a future from bygone past. It was that 1970s era early electronic phase. There was also the aspect of its orientation on the idea of communication. Yes, communication. They would have little sub-themes in here, here and there. But at the same time, musically speaking, just the overall tone would be kind of one thing, yes, I feel cold, electronic, and desolate. Right. And that makes, like, that actually had, that album had quite a few bit, quite a few tracks on it. It made it so that when you got to the end, the overall listenability, regardless of how much you're immersed into the world, can be tough. It can be yeah. a bit of a drain on you, because I'm like, alright, I kind of got it. I got it. Yeah. I got the gist. Um, and this album only suffers in that slightly. Ever so slightly, but less. Less, in my opinion, just because it's a shorter album. Ten tracks, and there's a, there's a more definable story. The story is more definable than the then the, yeah, that's kind of a thing with Boards of Canada. And don't get me wrong, I loved that album, Tomorrow's Harvest. It's just, this to me is a little bit more... It's, first of all, it's it's beautiful. That makes it more more easy listening to me straight up. Um, I'm going to tell you straight up, this is, this, is a, this is above a four for me. But I can't... I, I can't bring it to, like, you know... 4.5 for those objective reasons. I realize that this is gonna I'm gonna have to sacrifice some subjectivity here. This is This is 4.25. I'm leaving it there. 
It's it's too beautiful. Even the moments in which it's it's in which it sags in terms of they're relative. If they held up, if they were songs by themselves, they would still be incredible. But it's just the fact that you hear them after a song that is so beautiful, so intricate, then it's like, oh, okay, that was a little bit of a letdown. It's inevitable. It's just inevitable. But this is a beautiful album. Four two five. You're right, it is beautiful. Her voice is beautiful, it's well composed. But going back to boards, yes, there was a huge connection in theme. Yes, there was multi layers to the theme. And I'm getting the same thing here. In fact, I mean, I was pointing this stuff out left, right, center as we're listening to it. It was there for me. I saw it. But boards, I can tell the difference of the songs. And I'm not saying I will not be able to to, to, to hear, oh, I think it's true, so on and so forth. But for me, while yes, they may have been more the same moment by moment and maybe I don't know I can tell the difference between all those songs these songs there are parts that really just blend together a little bit too much I don't have it's it's more prevalent in the beginning but I don't have that that ability to say this is one this is two this is three the way I have with so many other albums and that is positive and negative it creates a unified product but it's hard to take a song and love that song. You end up, like you say, picking out moments. It's beautiful moments. There are some great... Okay. Theme I, I want to interrupt just to say that this is for you. This is for you and this your review because I disagree. I think these songs are... Some of them, and most of them on this album, are beautiful front to back. I wouldn't, I wouldn't splice them. I really wouldn't. Okay. That's, right, but that's you, you felt that way about stuff that we blatantly disagree yeah, as well. I, I mean, it happens. Right, yeah. Some of these songs are beautiful front to back, but I don't see it in the beginning the same way you do. I really, I just don't. I have issues. It's gorgeous as a whole. I mean, we, we always say we put so much work on theme work. There's a reason. This is amazing thematically. The arc is, is astounding to do something like this on such a macro scale of an album. It's hard to do. Usually you would want to see about the progression of a specific storyline. Instead, we're getting snapshots all within one basic idea, and that is love is depressing. That's what it boils down to. Every yeah. every little aspect here is about the depression associated with love, which is very specific and very hard to do. But we're going to go back to my original argument that I was going to save and you brought up anyway. It's Requiem for a Dream. This is something, and I liked Requiem, but it's a, one of those movies that you watch once and you're done. You never have to see it again. This is something that I think everybody should hear once, but very few people would want to go back to this again for subject matter and for its overall hook. You said the melody as a whole is a hook, but most people can't hear that. But and they would go back to it for mood. Well, that's what I'm saying. Not everybody wants to feel this sad. <laughs> that's that's a big thing. Content is going to be a problem to, to reach the masses. That's a... Now, I'm not detracting because of content. I'm not going to. Because right. I love the idea. But that's going to be a hard just just for I other people a, to I hear. I think it's a shame that more people can't get in touch with their inner sadness. But Actually, it releases you very very uh, yeah, but cathartically. The, it's a problem. 
it really is a problem to do 45 minutes of depression. I could hear it as snippets as being something when you're in a funk, but to hear uh, it, it, that's that's borderline emo to some extent. I might and I'm using it as my, a derogatory term. My review, but I have, a, I have a point with that. It's going to be hard for the average person to go back to this. I'm not going to decrease it because of that, but I'm saying that it's hard to go back to this purely because of what it's trying to emote, yeah. and that's a problem. But I'm not. I'm 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 siding with Steve on this. This is a four and a quarter. I'm gonna put it up there. Artistically, wow. it's a four and a quarter. I respect your your super objectivity. The art is what makes it great, but I don't think on a musical track by track level, it's going to be. It it's greater than some of its parts. That's what I'm gonna end it with. That, that's that's the best way to put it. It's greater than some of its parts. I did not think you were going to go up. No, this is... I love theme, and I love story, and I love all that aspect. And it had great lyrics, great poetry. And while, yeah, didn't like the range, but the vocals were beautiful. I mean, I, I'm i saying all these complimentary things. How can I How can I go less? I'll tell you straight up, this is good. Some moments, I mean, aspects of this music, one including vocal quality, are going to be brought back at probably at my end-of-year review, provided... Between now and the end of the year, I don't hear better vocals because so far this is tops. Um. Okay, for me, I don't know. Are you, I'm, I'm sorry. Really I, hoping I, and I'm expecting you to, to not really go last to go low. I'm really expecting you to go. So, low. so here's my biggest problem with this record for me is the things that you've said, Steve, that you feel I get and understand. I'm not saying you're wrong because I can't. A, because we're not all going to hear the same thing the same way, obviously. This is going to go I've a, a blue day. October direction, I believe. But but it really, so the thing is with this is, again, when I listened to this the first time, I will admit I felt more the second time I listened to it. I did get a better, closer listen, and I did find more that I liked about it than on the first listen. The first listen, it was a three to me because I was bored. I just was not engaged. I was not interested. It felt unapproachable the first time I heard it. The second time I heard it, I found more in it. There are moments that I like. Um, but again, for me, the big tracks that stand out are 1, 6, and 10. The rest of the tracks, I just, I felt like they were interchangeable. I know they're not, to some people. And I have to agree with John. A, an album this depressing from start to finish is hard to approach. Yes, I agree with you, though, what you said, that people could stand to engage this sadness more often. However, not many people are going to engage this sadness all the time and listen to this album constantly. I just don't think you can with an album like this, especially if, if people are getting out of it what you're getting out of it. No, I agree with that. I think it's too much. Whereas with something like the Blue October album, which I connected to, the songs that made me cry were were balanced by the songs on that album that I really grooved to and enjoyed and made me feel good. And that was a balance of emotion that I could handle. Whereas in this, on the first listen, I didn't really catch it. And on the second listen, it was just kind of too much. I'll even interrupt to say, I'm not sure whether I should count that as subjective or objective. I mean, yes, everyone... I, you do have to expect when people are going to push play. Yeah. Maybe that should be a factor. 
the same time, I don't think that should be uh, if okay. something to attack the art. Oh no, and I wouldn't content. I just let me put this out there. If this was, if I was more on it is content, rating. yeah, this would be under a four definitely for me. If I was really factoring in content, it's such a bleak idea that it's hard. But see, uh, no, I understand. But see, I'm not no, 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 no. I, no, I just want to. I just want to. This is interesting. I want to discuss that because when you say bleak, I mean, then it's a subjective thing. Like desolation, at, going back to the boards of Canada thing, isn't desolation a bleak topic? I know tons of people who wouldn't want to immerse themselves into desolation. In which case, by that rate, by that standard, that was overrated. Over, uh, not overrated, but literally, we overrated it. Or you did. I don't know. Okay. The the, the thing it's, is for me... It's we'll logic. I'm following logic. Finish, let let me finish, finish my wrap-up because this album review actually ran way longer than I thought it this would. This is what we do. <laughs> and so... But anyway, and I actually have an idea for a very short topic we can discuss briefly after this, but we'll get back to that. Again, it's not bad. You can't say this record is bad. And that I get. There's talent and there are moments... No one said the B word. All right. We right. Get it. We get it. But... I just, I, I don't connect to it in a way that I've connected with a lot of other music, and maybe it's because yes, I like the obvious pop. That could be it. That maybe I just need that obvious connection, and that when it's a little more vague, I can't find it. But that's not necessarily true because there's plenty of nice nails music that's been very vague and cryptic that I do get into and attach to. So, it, I don't know. Maybe this is one of those albums that I can listen to a couple more times. And by the end of the year, my rating would change. But as that stands now, it's a three-five for me, because. For me, and my rating, and my personal connection, it's not there. I just don't get it. For whatever reason, I don't get it. And we could talk that to death, and I really don't want to. Because it'll just be an argument and a disagreement, which are good. No. For me, I just, I just don't get it. I, and so for me, to me, this seems like something I would play in the background when I'm at a make-out party in college, or if I'm getting stoned oh, with a bunch of friends. God, that's so impersonal, though. But that's how I feel about this record. It's not personal to me. I just don't feel that personal connection. Okay, okay. We've we've said multiple times, Steve's the musician, I'm the lyricist, Master the emote. And I kind of look at myself not as a lyricist, but as the story, the storyteller, the guy looking for the story. He views himself in many ways. Yes. <laughs> and I think that actually this works... That, that it's appropriate what you're rating it at. Because if yeah. you're going to be the guy that we look to for emotions, yeah. No, Steve, Steve, Storm, you guys are both right. From the lyrical aspect, from the storyline aspect, I got to I gotta be over a four. From, from the yeah. musical aspect, you got to be over a four. From the emotional aspect, just its content, Ugh. I would say yeah. This it's, is where I'm going to disagree, though. No, I understand your reasoning right now in terms of, like, where we stand. But emotionally, I think at this time, this particular case, th that's a general rule of thumb. Yeah. That's a general rule of thumb as to what we tend to hone in on. But to be honest, I'm not... Believe it or not, this day, I'm not really coming from a musical perspective. I'm coming more from emotional perspective. That hit me even more than the music. But, of course, you know they are integrated with me in a way. Yeah. So, yes, I'm getting the emotion from the music. But it's to a point where I, I didn't even get into chords today. I barely talked about it. I mean, in many ways, it's really just just the flow. It's the flow from one moment to the next. And what she was saying, how she was saying it, it it's those things that rang together me in such a way that I, can't, I can only define it as an emotional response. So today, I'm afraid we're not in our elements. 
even still, I feel like for me, maybe maybe it's just that it's too much of one emotion for me. That's why I can't emotionally connect to it. That is, I can, you know, I can. I maybe can it's an overcharge that. of that, or or it was emotionally stagnant. But I don't even want to say stagnant because that's such a harsh word. It's just I didn't. The simplest way to put it is I just didn't get it. I didn't connect. Maybe some more listens will change that, and at the end of the year we'll have something to do. But for me, I want to talk about we brought up Hook a ton of times today, and the thing about hooks in music is that we're talking about it like Hook is this definable thing, but it's really not. It, well, it, yes and no. Well, it is it's and both. it's not. The, the thing about a hook in music is sometimes it's just what hooks you. It's a specific note, a specific lyric, a specific No, yeah, we've key. done this several times, times where like one of us is going to shout out, ooh, hook right there, br- brought me in, and now the two just stare we, blankly. We usually, yeah. we usually use it as, uh, hook's a lot of times a breakdown or a chord yeah. progression that captures your attention and takes it up a notch to keep it simple. In this album's case, for you, Matt, apparently the hook seemed to be the rhythm whenever rhythm was present, which yeah. I admit was sparse. Well, rhythm is, of course, present throughout, but it... I guess a strong, definable beat, which yes, this album really didn't have. No. It's it's it had it in really one song, and that was uh, Thea. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and there were a couple of other moments where yes, it would build to that, but it's true that that was not a major feature. But for you, that was like, oh wait, hold on, there's something here. But for me, that means nothing. It's almost well, irrelevant for, considering the context of. Well, the for you, stuff. the hook was the melody. You said that yeah. several times. The 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 way the melody was constructed on this album is what hooked you in almost every yeah, it's, song it's when she it's like that pointed use of oh she just went up to a ninth right, right. oh she just where's, scrapped the 11th that's that gorgeous where's the hook for John was the lyrics certain lyrics just pulled him in the story usually tends to pull me in that, that that's where and I that's what I life. wanted to close with on this yeah. podcast is kind of showing very briefly the dynamics of of how hooks can be viewed very differently by each person and this album really shows a that. A great example for a lyrical hook, and it's it's in Same Love. Every time the female vocalist, whose name I'm blanking on right now, go uh, starts the lines, she keeps me warm, it brings tears to my eyes. Every single time. That's a hook. Yeah. That's a hook for me. That's that essence of feel of be of be part of this of take yourself into this song whereas for for me a, a really strong hook was on automatonic electronic harmonic every time the spine would start a line and then the oh, all know, three of them yeah. would finish it that hooked me because the way they brought in the harmonies at the end of every line yeah. really pulled you into that song it's funny, usually the term's actually different from the way a lot of bands use the term hook. Right. But, you know, a lot of times it's used for, like, chorus things. Right. And uh, in my case, I guess I kind of join a little bit with that. Like, something that pushes you... Either, unless the verse is particularly engaging, which it has occurred with verses are engaging. Yeah. But, like, in this in this case, it was the very first track right here, which was why this was a very quick drawing for me, is um, intro. It's like, okay, yes, I admit it's it's gorgeous. Loved it. Verse, still, admit, gorgeous, loved it. But for me, the hook was the depth brought in with the first pre-chorus, which fell only halfway through the verse. That, to me, was something really intriguing, really interesting. Don't see that too much. Usually, we just complete the full verse, and that would be kind of predictable. In this case, it stepped right in there. This is in Joe, first track. 
stepped right in there with run, you better run for your life. And the chords pull back. And then she starts layer in the seventh, layer in the ninth, then the eleventh. Things slowly get deeper. Yeah. And that to me is like, I'm in. I am in this world and I'm near tears. And that happens so quick, all things considered, which is why it's interesting. It's a slow build, but also not from my perspective. This is actually a lot stronger than most things. Because, I mean, just consider back, like, uh, Hesitation Marks, right. the Nine Inch Nails album. That had an intro. That had a full intro track, which was really wasn't, uh, it didn't have a hook at all. No. And that, to me, is a slow, is a slow reel-in. Yeah. It's like when you have a full intro track, that doesn't really offer much. It's kind of sporadic and all over the place. It's like, I don't know what to feel about well, this album yet. This kind of told me up front. Yeah. Well, also, you're right, though. In the general music knowledge sense... The hook is usually referred to the chorus. Oh, yeah, yeah, time. exactly. The it, breakdown associated. In this case, with it, it was a pre-chorus, and there was yeah. another hook in the actual. The but typically, that's what hook means. Yeah, it's it's a lot of times it's almost synonymous with a lot of uh, bands uh, with breakdown. Yeah, hook and breakdown for a lot of music kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, but I do think this should be a lot of emphasis placed on it. Just, well, first of all, it is subjective. I think yeah. that's our point we're getting at today. Yeah. Is it's definitely subjective, but. It needs to, emphasis needs to be placed on it just because that's where I think people are really going to change their mind about yeah. your work. It's amazing how sometimes we can listen to something like over and over and over and feel kind of nothing, despite the fact that there are hooks all over the place. Sure, every artist, every artist has their own idea of what should be the hook, what should should ideally be the, yeah. the hook, the grab for an audience. That may run right over your head if you've either heard it too many times. Didn't don't have any context with which to uh, ascribe or do something as simple as taste, and you just don't have a taste for that kind of music. You go to some extent. The hook is the most important aspect of a song. It is what will get you into it. Yeah. No, a song with no trigger, with no piece that draws you in, is going to go over your head. If you can't find it, it's then it stops being subjective then it truly becomes an objective view of the music in order to connect on it on a subjective level and that's what we want to bring to people is to point out that's kind of what we do here we want to show people why they should like or dislike music we're showing <laughs> well, them you can't necessarily that's, that's, but yes we're trying to cover as many bases as possible for yeah. a person oh. and we try to explain yeah. to people what the hook is here what the <laughs> it's hook amazing is there. because we only expect you to really uh, trust us and about 30% of what we do um, <laughs> ideally also before we get too far off track and before we wrap up I do want to say as far as this album goes it's worth hearing hands down even though my rating wasn't as high as theirs this is from listen here buy. It's definitely a listen. This is not an album. Even to I miss. don't. Even I won't say this is a buy because yeah. it's clear this is a taste thing. Yeah. That's the one thing I wanted to go back to is um, uh, in terms of taste, because we threw I threw around the word impressionism, uh, and the, you you guys also said that impressionism isn't the kind of thing that's necessarily going to grab every person at every time. Correct. I I do indeed agree with that because there's a, there's another example I have uh, the Rachels. Uh, well, just Rachel's actually did some stuff back in the '90s. They still do things here and there. Uh, instrumentals mostly, except for certain things here and there. But this was a specific work of theirs, 1996, "Music for Egon Chiel," which was shown to me back in college. This was—it really does not belong in its time at all. This is really a retro work of the kind of impressionism that you would get out of the 
late 19th century, early 20th century. Music for Egon Schiele, if you could just look at the cover, you would see these late 19th century, early 20th century artists. Guys who are the kind of artists who really pushed the boundaries in terms of what was acceptable at art at the time. Because mm -hmm. there were crazy things going on with visual art. They'd start drawing abstract pictures, things that were almost meant to haunt you in some way, while at the same time not really saying anything necessarily, just giving you an impression. Right. And that's what musicians started doing around the same time. Right. Whether it was just a, a coincidence or just the movement of people's philosophy at the time, it started happening. Debussy was one of the first, and then keep going with Ravel and several other artists. Right. Uh, Eric Satie, Gymnopedes, these are... These are actually kind of common known things nowadays if you heard some of these pieces even if you might not know the names you'd know them okay and yet this album here was hearkening back to that the Rachel music for Egon Schiele was hearkening back to these sounds and it was just simple violin viola and oh sorry viola piano cello mm -hmm. just that trio and I adore this album this is probably what I would even call near to five stars if not five but I sacrifice the subjectivity of it because I know that even I can't listen to it all the time. Mm -hmm. I have to go back to it sparsely. Sparsely. It's like a three o'clock in the morning kind of thing. Just as for you, this album today is, is college and, and weed apparently. <laughs> but um, for, for me... Not that I ever smoked weed in college. Not at all. But... For me, this is, you know, that, high school? that kind of thing is three in the morning. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's a good way to kind of wrap up yeah. our hook discussion. So, so uh, I, I just want to say, I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think... No, that, I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. If I don't was, think that should be counted in ratings at all. If, no. If, you know, if, if it's this, a mood thing, that's a different type of art. I told art. you. That's not why. A different type of art, and that's my point. Right, and I told you that's not why I brought it down to where I did. I explained why I did. Yeah. But um, why don't you give us our spam email of the week? Oh, great. I'm so feels right now. Everyone should be feels. I'm saying with different inflection, which is why it's different feels. Feelsy feelsies. <clears throat> Payment schemes on health information exchangeable. We all have this story where we go on a date with all of the various kinds of people that way. Separate sentences, by the way. Separate sentence. And it doesn't depend a variety of health information exchange site if it's paid or free one but it seems that even if this is true but i but i find that incredibly depressing this is the best idea if you go on dates there are many coaching centers also available in online in online through which you can get some of the other by relationship counseling quiz i just didn't connect yeah you didn't feel it no i didn't feel it didn't feel it and to be honest it was nonsensical erratic yeah. If, no yet, melody. That's simple. It was simple. Pin, <laughs> maybe. No, that that was that actually was yes, true. quite yet simple, and I do mean the derogatory form. Of that that's I'd give that no higher than a one five. One five, huh? Yeah. That's a zero in my book. It's a shame. No, no. Well, no, it doesn't tell us to go murder babies or something like that. That's a zero. Just to, just make sure we we only do this with spam mail. We're not actually going to rate real people. If there's a real piece, we're not going to rate you. Don't worry. No, yeah. We'll, we'll just no. So that. please, you're, you're, on that we'll, note, we'll be happy if you said great. Yes, please comment on the site. Send us an email. You can find it on the web. Our email on the website. All of that stuff. Um, we finally hit over 200 likes on Facebook. So if you haven't, go like us on Facebook. Keep going. 
Um, my album choice for next week is actually going to be our first complete acoustic record. I'm choosing by the band or musician Everlast, formerly of House of Pain, uh, who's a solo artist now, well known for, of course, his debut album Whitey Ford Sings the Blues and songs like What It's Like and Black Jesus. He recently released an all-acoustic record because he'd been touring only doing acoustic called The The Life Acoustic. And if that sounds familiar to The Life Aquatic, you are correct because the album cover is actually a spoof on The Life Aquatic cover, except it's him cartoonishly drawn with a beanie on that says Everlast. Um, You just spoiled it for me. That's it. Oh, stop. So, <laughs> no so this, is a, this is an all-acoustic record. It's mostly the greatest hits of his works um, from his different albums he's done. So it should be interesting. So it's two things. It's it's greatest hits and acoustic. Two things we haven't done before. Yeah, but it's also, like, it doesn't have every one of his hits. Like, what it's like isn't on there. So okay. we'll see. But it's definitely something different. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all for this week. So I guess while John shoves a pen down his throat, we'll wrap up by saying, as always... you got to choke in that pen. That's not what we always say. (laughs) (laughs) Music is life. And and life is good. Gotta choke on that pen.